0: We recording? Yes.
1: This is Movie movie. Hey. Welcome to episode 174 out here. there, people. Listen. I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ronald. And this is our... Let's see how long we can keep this like, flow. <laughs> yeah, guys. And, and this is our... We were calling it like a documentary roundup, but I yeah. think just... We haven't talked about a lot of documentaries this year, and there have been, been a, a lot of them that have come out that have especially recently it seems like a lot that have hit my mm-hmm. radar that mm-hmm. i was curious about and so we decided to have an episode just to talk about documentaries so how's oh. it
0: going ronald how you feeling i'm good I, I i'm i'm your red eye still kicked in yes I, I'm, I'm i just learned what that was and i can't believe you drink those i'm so full of energy wow
2: yeah okay related to coffee um harbor east apparently it's like the only one on the east <laughs> so this is what i'm eastern seaboard only one on the eastern seaboard. The Starbucks in Harbor East has a nitro cold brew.
0: You know what? I had one of those at the Wegmans. It's just opened by my house. Okay,
2: So you need to try Starbucks's.
0: Okay. I liked it at Wegmans. F- this, I love cold brew. Yeah, okay. Period. But yeah. the nitro. Okay, so
2: I had a ton of cold brew before. Thank you, Bo Cole, for putting me on. Mm-hmm. Nitro cold brew is a different thing, though. Mm. It's the smoothest taste. Mm. Yeah. It's so great. There's also um, uh, let's quit this right now and go yeah, down there. Ceremony Coffee also has nitro brew. It's like it's in Mount Vernon. Okay, but Starbucks is um, the only place though is in Harbor East. The only one that they, they said is on the, the eastern only one. seaboard. That's what they said. The only one. They're like the only
0: one on the eastern seaboard. Wow, and there's not like a bunch of people congregating to that Starbucks
2: it's always pretty packed it's little... it's, this one's set up a little different it's one of the only Starbucks I've ever been to that has like glass cups and stuff like that mm, um, okay. they have like mugs they have like a, a counter where you can sit that's cool yeah this is like a different they call it reserve they have Ooh. like a different
0: It's yeah, a special man. club you belong to? I don't
2: know man I felt very <laughs> you know. nice it was cool man but yeah, nitro. I try it. So you cream. had one of those today? Uh, no. No, no, today, no, you no day, yeah, yeah. Oh, today you had the but red I'm eye. Today you had the red But I'm just... You're deep, on the coffee mine now. They literally yeah. told me not to have coffee for my Crohn's. Like, yeah. they literally was like, don't have coffee. And I keep drinking it. Because yeah. I've been doing more stuff. Mm-hmm. and I've been Gotta keep going. On yeah. Did stand up last night. And I, I had an incredible set. Good. I felt so good. Did you have coffee that night too? I, I did, man. Yeah. I did. And I stayed up till like 12 Oof. and then woke up at f- six and then exercised. Stupid me. <laughs> Stupid me. And here six, you are. six hours sounds like a lot of sleep to me yeah it actually wasn't bad yeah. that's all right so i lied a little bit yeah maybe i went to sleep at one. i'm not criticizing
1: i'm just saying for me I that's more, more than i usually th- sleep at yeah, one you know time because i
2: watch queen sugar the mm-hmm. ava duvernay show i'm into that i don't know if you guys have watched it it. i've heard good things man it's 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 a gorgeous show it's the first show that i've ever seen this is so crazy man i'm 33 i've never seen a show that really depicted black people's skin tones in a way that looked so i i, I heard something very recently that shows are shot not considering the spectrum of skin tone of black people. I know that sounds super crazy. Mm-hmm. But you can tell when you watch a show that really gets it. Gets it. Mm-hmm. When you see you're like, oh my god, I didn't even know that person looked like that. Right. It's a strange thing and this is one of those shows like you see the lady uh that plays Tara on um
0: Right, yeah, yeah. True Blood.
2: She's glowing on the show. It looks yeah, insane. The, the,
0: I've seen the promos for it. It it does like it doesn't gorgeous. even look
2: real. Like I, I mean everybody looks beautiful in it, yeah. but like in particular, just the shades of brown in that show. Right. I've never seen anything like that before. It's Sounds random. good. So watch Queen Sugar if you can. Mm-hmm. It's on their own network. Oprah Isn't it Oprah? Yeah. Yeah, Oprah's, Oprah's doing good shit, man.
1: Well, since you brought up Ava Duvernay, we may as well jump into the topic yes. of documentaries. Has everyone at the You stable. are the best transition. Scene thirteenth. Oh, well, thank no, you. I, have not. no <sighs> I have not.
0: Jesus Christ, man! Tell me about it, though, guys.
1: Well, it really should have been, I almost feel like we should have watched it in tandem with Birth of a Nation, because it feels like it picks up the baton Mm -hmm, of what that mm -hmm. movie was talking about, as far as how that movie could be relevant to our culture. What it does is it takes that idea of the post-Civil War period of when slavery is abolished and when the 13th Amendment is ratified, and how there's that verbiage in there that basically says you cannot abridge someone's rights unless they are a convicted criminal. Right. Or convicted felon. And you see how that opens the door for slavery under a different name. Yeah. This situation was not getting that much better for black people outside of the fact that they were now technically no longer someone's property, yeah. but the society was still stacked yeah. against them. And so now you can redefine someone as a criminal and and deny them rights that yeah. you are supposed to be giving them under the Constitution. It's this systematic... <clears throat> attack on 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 black people and their way of life and on the sense of normalcy Um, it made me feel like a very naive person once again who's having my eyes open to just how deep this goes
2: right well this is like i told you so barbershop talk these are all the things that i so i I don't really talk about this a lot but growing up um my childhood was kind of interesting because two uncles i had two uncles that were in jail in the same prison on my mom's side and my dad's side. And we used to visit them every couple of weeks. So I had a lot of visits to jail. And I remember asking my mom why they went to jail and she was saying drugs. And I, I this was around the time where I found out that you could get 10 years for mm-hmm. like rocks and stuff like that.
1: Yeah,
2: And I did, you know, uh, Obama changing the laws really recently, crack laws, a little more leniency on you, you. used to get ten years. I heard, I heard in some places ten years per rock. So my early childhood was spent visiting family members in jail, and the it's it's a very so first and foremost to say that prison is a lenient thing is nuts because I I have a a t- I can't countless. People in my life, in my family, close people that have gone to jail for almost nothing for the for ideas. And he may be the person. And because they can't pay bail, mm-hmm. um bail being set at like twenty thousand dollars in a poor neighborhood where somebody can't afford to get out of jail. And then people putting their houses up, people getting houses taken, large amounts of people that I know that have lost things. Because of the bail system,
1: mm-hmm.
2: probation—it's just—it's—it's it's stuff that I've always known, but to see captured in, and, and had so many people around me a victim of—it's—it's—it's it's, it's devastating. It, 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 I mean it lends itself to a lot of stuff too, which like rezoning of schools based on race. Like when I was when I moved to Towson, uh, the schools got rezoned so that like there were more Black people in a certain area. They got shitty educations they got shitty treatment it's like that stuff is painful man the well the issue is the to have a company like netflix back a documentary like this means that there's some somebody wants to get the message out the the problem is it doesn't matter how many times people say it and show it and have it out there there has to be some action behind it if people were watched as closely as I had been as we had been growing up, I think then more people would have records like it's mm-hmm. just does like i every kid that I knew that lived in places where I couldn't go, they smoked weed mm-hmm. they they did these things that I did when I was a kid. It's just that when they left the place that they smoked weed, there wasn't a cop there, right everywhere I go. Man, we counted when I moved to Towson. I got pulled over like fifty times when I got my when I got my license. It was just like crazy stuff. Like they would pull me over and they'd be like, "Hey, uh, how's it going there?" This light is slightly dim. Here's a repair. And then sometimes they would just tell me to leave. But it was it was yeah. constant. It was constant, and I I didn't know why it kept fucking happening. Mm-hmm. And my I was like, "Ma, keep getting pulled over." She's like, "I'm sorry, but that." Fucking, I was like, what this? So, you just deal with that stuff. So, the, the issue is the issue is at the end of the day, there's been no accountability on, on whatever level. It's, it's just like if, like the Holocaust, right? You're like, all oh, these people got hurt. The people acknowledging on a government level that something happened, a travesty happened, and giving money. I'm not saying money, but the acknowledgement on a level where. You, It's like conspiracy-level craziness, Mm -hmm. right? And to not even acknowledge it at all at any point is very weird. And that stuff is going to boil over. It keeps happening,
1: but it's going to keep boiling over if there's no acknowledgement of it. And the weird thing about that conspiracy thing is there doesn't even need to be a conspiracy when the system is this fucked. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it doesn't even, like, on down to a person, it's so far. there doesn't have to be some knowledge, acknowledgement of being complicit in this conspiracy. It's just the way that it works. Yeah. When they talk about, I mean, granted that, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he was like an advisor of Reagan's that they have saying mm-hmm. that they knew what they were doing. It is a well-made documentary. It's well-filmed. And it does make you think about that fact that, like, some documentaries get by on the basis of just being an interesting subject that you haven't seen laid out this way before. And yeah. that's definitely what this movie was for me. It was something yeah. that sounded unpleasant, and somehow I worked through the unpleasantness of it to be really caught up in just the information it was presenting and the way it was presenting it. And it is a little bit of a pat yourself on the back if you sort of already suspected some of this was going on. Yeah, yeah. But it goes beyond just preaching to the converted. It actually does connect all these things in a way that I think... I mean, I could see, like, classrooms in the future watching this film to get certain discussions started because it lays it out in just a really compelling way you can't deny that that post-slavery period that post-civil war period was a crucial one for like redefining this new way of denying people rights that was actually more insidious in a way i mean not anything could be more insidious than slavery but the fact that it was the appearance of equality and under the law they still had this major loophole
2: and then reinforced through media which is why i love i'm such a i'm obsessed with the package of media and how it's used to, to deliver things. Yeah. And how important it is to recognize how shitty almost every iteration of any portrayal of anything black up until really recently, mm-hmm. and even now it's pretty awful.
1: Yeah, the representation the is not where it really should be. Bad.
2: So so like I it's not so when I so when I complain when we watch something, it's not like I'm being like I don't want to be like the angry person that's like, this person's fucking terrible in this movie, but imagine, imagine the idea that like the only time you see you, mm-hmm. you're a thief, you're you're angry, you're trying to stab somebody, you have a hoodie on. So uh, also the to to bring this all into my real life right now. I work in a place where if the employees see me outside and don't look me in the face they quickly go past me. You know what I mean? Like I work in a place where like weird. it's it's like in in this building we're friends. Outside of it, I am a person of fear. It's crazy. Because you're not looking directly at me. Because you don't say, oh that's Ronald. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's a, it's a,
1: it runs so deep. It runs super it's deep. It's so man. weird. And I it's like that every, day. And, and many, many, and every day and many, many, and many, many well-intentioned people yeah. don't even know that they're doing it. And that's yeah, the thing I mean, that's look, cra- And that's where I feel like I, my eyes are opened a little bit more every, every day yeah. where I'm just realizing like, again, not that I feel like I was ever guilty of this kind of overtly racist behavior, but just being part of not, not questioning things enough. So yeah, thirteenth. It's on Netflix. I feel like everyone listening probably has Netflix at but this point. It, yeah, definitely check it out. <laughs> or you folks. have
2: somebody's password. I so. mean,
1: it, like it, it will, it will, it will. You will learn something from this, I bet. Right, right. Since we've talked about the form of this movie a little bit, it does get by a lot based on just the information that it's giving you. Yeah. How important to you, Steve, is it that a documentary have like a filmic or
0: cinematic style or idea behind it? I think it's more of the topic that gets me, or, yeah. you know, what they're talking about. I don't I don't think it has to have, like, any unique or any specific form. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that, like, the more engaging, and not to say that any random topic, like even a topic like this, mm-hmm. that the documentary needs to be engaging, um, you yeah. know, I think it only helps in terms of finding an audience. Right. And, like, keeping the audience. So, I mean, I think a lot of documentaries is, you know, some are very, like, boring subjects but if it's presented in a really you know unique way maybe mm-hmm. that's the form you're referencing um well i just mean like a movie like for instance
1: um i think like uh, uh queen of versailles was that the name of that yeah. film. um i feel like that was a good movie like the way it was put together That right, right. okay. was cinematically interesting okay because of the footage they had and the fact that they were able to let the story kind of tell itself okay versus say uh A movie I saw recently, The Doomed, the story of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four four movie. The story of how they made a movie basically just to keep the rights with a particular rights holder so they could make a better deal down the road. But no one involved in making the movie quite realized
0: that that's what was happening. And so when a movie is just about what it's about and it doesn't seem to really reach much beyond that. I got you. Sometimes those kinds come off to me more. It's like it feels informational. Yeah, like I'm supposed to learn, like yeah, like you're learning something, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. At this point, like I always think of the Fogs of War. Have you seen that doc? Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually really like that film, but that's like one that always sticks out of my head. It's, it's, en- it's engaging. It's interesting to me. I like the topic that they're talking about, but it just feels like it's just person after person after person talking, right? And it's like you should know this and you should know that, you know. So that doesn't really stick with me as much. It feels like more. There's more of a to me they feel like i'm taking away more information uh-huh. where the ones like you're talking about imposter, queen of versailles, you know, maybe even like tickled which we'll talk about in a little bit like mm-hmm. that almost feels more like a, a, an experience like a documentary experience of a film. Yeah. You know like you still kind of learn something but it was more about that that story that it was telling about whatever that was. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense like no, there's does. no there's no pieces of information that i'm really taking away that like really kind of uh improves my life or improves my knowledge about the world or anything Mm -hmm. like that it's more of like this real thing that was presented to a large audience that was really engaging yeah you know but like something like the 13th and having not seen it it seems like it might be uh like a blend of the two it sounds like from the way you're sharing i mean just well, interesting that you mentioned... The framing of uh, the is like the fog of war because, you know, the way that...
1: Errol Morris's movies are all yeah. shot kind of in an interesting way. Like, yeah. I feel like the way the, the talking heads in 13th are shot, it's like mm. interestingly framed, exactly. interesting environments. Yeah. You don't know exactly why everyone is where they are, but right. you feel like there was some thought given to, to how that. this person is being presented, leaning against a wall or standing in the big room and they're framed, you know, like with what they're saying and you feel like there was some choices made there. Sure. Versus... I'll I'll mention Doomed again, where you generally have like a... a As though you went to wherever you could get that person and you stuck the camera down about this far from them and you shot them and you got them talking and there's a little thing coming up on the screen saying who they are. And then you went... But you were basing... this, This documentary exists because of the information that's in it. Right. Versus this movie exists because... We, we shot some interesting footage and we made something kinda interesting and it came together in this un, unexpected way. Sure. And I feel like Fog of War might be on the line because it definitely is shot with a lot of style. But you're right, it is just like you if you if you were to tune out of that movie and try to get back into it, you might be bored out of your mind. Absolutely. But if and you're paying attention that it happened to me a couple yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> really? But it if you're paying attention to, to what it's really about, you yeah. realize it has far reaching implications. Definitely you
2: know? yeah. I thought Making a Murder was the most boring documentary I'd ever seen in my life. Just because it could have been captured in, like, three episodes. All of it. it, it I mean, like, I get that this like, a conspiracy-level thing. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck were there so many episodes?
1: It did so, seem really drawn out. Like, yeah, once you got to a certain point where you realized you had you had grasped all the basic fundamentals what, what of the was, story, what, what, the, what was left. A yeah. lot of
2: that could have been left on a cutting board. Same with the OJ thing. I watched a million episodes of that OJ. I thought it was a great... Great documentary. Why the fuck was there so many episodes? <laughs> There's this long-form documentary thing that's happening that I don't know if I'm feeling. Yeah. Docu-series. Docu-series. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I did like that was kind of the perfect amount of episodes. Uh, Jinx. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So was Jinx was like pretty
1: tight. Yeah.
2: You know, it, it, it was exciting. And the story
1: is... Is interesting. There's, there's, there's two yeah. or three turns in that story. Making a murderer was so fuck like it was. Like I enjoyed like, it, but I agree with you. By the time it's a great story. I, I think by that, the time I got to like the sixth what? or seventh episode, I was wondering how there were that where there there were ten. You know, yeah. I was like, how it's how like. Why?
2: What's what's ha- wrap it up? Like what, what's happening right now? It could have they could have combined episodes and it mm-hmm. could have covered just as much. There's just something about the idea of making a series of something.
1: Well, I think then you get into the idea that you're going to explain every step of the way. Right. And that's the thing that, again, a good documentary is going to do what... I mean, a good 90 to 100-minute film is going to sort of do what they do with the fictional film, which is like find the narrative right. and zero in on it and give you the imagery. And that's where like interesting imagery helps. If somebody right. goes and shoots something you've never quite seen before. Right. Or, or exactly. um but again, a lot of movies just don't do that. And I think that the reason why I keep mentioning Doomed is because its it reminds me of, there's just like a pop culture documentary that comes out, which uh, there was one on the uh, the death of Superman lives that we talked about on the show at one point. And <laughs> then there's the one that came out that was about Back to the Future. And yeah, it's like, it's these hard. are all sort of interesting if you're into the topic and they can be like, I'm so glad if there's a topic I'm interested in and there's an extensive nerdily assembled documentary about that subject. I love that level of information. Yeah. But I don't find like watching Doomed, as they're talking about this aborted version of the Fantastic Four, you know, a silly movie. <laughs> there's a couple of times where when they're when they're discussing like finding out and i know that it must suck because if you're trying to make a movie you're putting your your heart and soul into it so i'm not making fun of someone's investment <laughs> but the idea that like while well, they're saying and that's when we found out they never were going to release our movie and they're showing like a photo of a guy dressed up as the thing you know in a in a rubber costume yeah and the music is like Da, 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 da. the music is like moody yeah. as though you've gotten to the point where you're sad that this low budget version of this movie didn't get made and so that to me is an odd thing That to create this drama around the making of, of a superhero movie no matter how interesting it could be is not the same thing as creating drama around uh, mass incarceration as a form of of modern <laughs> slavery I don't know sometimes they don't seem like real movies to me yeah I mean, and that
2: that also is the idea that like it it lends itself to the idea that like media is so easy to make now Mm -hmm. that I miss when things were really hard to do. I miss when like studio time was expensive, super expensive, and it was really hard to film things because it used to weed things out a little bit. Like I'm I'm all about people making their own stuff because that can be some amazing
1: things that come out of it but there's also everything else that comes right. up. it gets All harder to tell the difference bullshit. between like someone's passion project that you should yeah. pay attention to and something that's just kind of dull
2: yeah I mean and, and that, that, that's kind of why I had the complaint that I did about uh, making a murderer it wasn't that it's it's the subject matter is really interesting
1: yeah but it's so drawn out so drawn out, like we you will finish this the a, second or third, and be like "There's seven more of this. I feel like right? I already know the case, like I feel I can like give I already you know five the five
2: stories about dudes that got convicted of things for no reason or or, or like for shitty reasons or wrong place, wrong time stories. Mm-hmm. This was the one you chose, yeah, and and, and this I, guy I, who I,
1: seems like he might be guilty anyway, even on, though even though there's I mean, not enough proof yeah, I, I just i I
2: thought about <laughs> it, I'd seen so many good documentaries, I was like, man, this is." I don't know what it... I I think I know what it is. I think I know what it all lends itself to. It's this idea that, like, some people just don't know. Some people just don't know how crazy the system is. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't know how deeply fucked up a lot of things are. So when you see it in the form of a documentary of a, a serial killer or the law failing a person... People are like, oh my oh my God, the world is like this. Yeah. And and there there's a population of people of all races, shapes, and sizes that happen to know that this exists. So the shock is a little less shocking for people. Yeah. There's a large population of people that are like, that happens to people all the time. Yeah. So I'm watching a documentary about a thing I already know. It's very hard. You got to tackle it in well, a way well, that's...
1: E- even with that, with making a murder, they left things out. Like yeah. So with all that being so drawn out, there are still things that would have hurt their narrative that they left out. And that's where okay. you start to realize they're still massaging a story out of this. It's not necessarily about the truth.
2: In 10 episodes? Yeah. You, you mean to tell me that they're massaging...
1: But that they're what? actually leaving out some things though, right, that like right. would have incriminated him a little bit more. So I mean, I'm I'm just saying they're they're, yeah, yeah. they're still making decisions. I totally understand, but not enough editorial decisions to get it down below ten episodes. Just enough to, yeah. to retain their narrative. You for know? example,
2: I like the the thing that uh, Steve put me onto. The, what's what's the name of the, about the murder that happened in the town in the dark? Yeah. Okay. So in the dark, the podcast, podcast,
1: mm-hmm. docu, saving it for a road trip. So good it's because it, that's what I did with cereal when the, when that's the, when right. the first I one. Yeah, so it's like I'm going to do the same. It's the same seasonal road trip that nice. I'll be working on. I'll. I'll it exposes it. something that I never really thought about: the
2: idea that like there are other people that listen to cops talk about a thing and they're mm-hmm. like, "What?" That doesn't make any sense. That everybody's a hundred percent sure about how this thing went down and mm-hmm. they're backing their people like they tried a hundred and ten percent, which is everybody's statistic: a hundred and ten percent. So it's interesting to hear that perspective, because I'd never heard a person outside of a group of doubters that yeah. exist in my life that the system is fucking weird, the way they handle things. Right. So it's perspective. It really is about perspective that makes it really interesting.
0: The the good the I mean, even though it's a podcast, the interesting yeah. thing about that series is that like you're kinda of getting at it, but like it's like kill it. What like what's the angle or like what is yeah, the unique yeah. piece of information Absolutely. that like you're able to provide that is both informative and also something that's going to engage a listener enough to say Isn't that crazy? You yeah. know, or it can right, you believe right. that? Right. You know like the series that we're talking about like their angle which was what kind of makes it interesting when you pit it against Serial is that both of them kind of speak about, you know, possibly botched investigations or Mm -hmm. like you know shoddy police work whatever but like where serial's angle like Sarah Kane kind of sort of went more on like they had their suspect and that's the narrative they built Mm -hmm. you know this series interesting because like and if anyway if anybody hasn't read it or listen in the dark it just ended this week if you want to check it out it's everywhere it's a great podcast it um their their thing that they're like kind of positing is that it's more about whether people that are tasked with solving crimes can actually solve a crime mm-hmm. you know like not a matter of the wrong suspect <clears throat> this is a matter of the right suspect was like in your grasp for years decades and like it never was connected like that that's what the angle of this is and that's yeah. why and like kind of the unique thing about it is that like when they are making this podcast the 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 actual perpetrator of the crime like kind of confessed to it and it was it it, i think it actually while it could have derailed that art you know the the message that they were sending it actually helped them frame it more which is like i'm talking about this framing of this idea which is like the hook and um i think it really empowered them to really drive that concept home of like not just an unsolved mystery but what the real mystery is, is like, how are we expecting people to solve crimes if they're not equipped to do so? Right. You know, not like resources, like from the county and state, like the people yeah. that are, you know, tasked shitty with it.
2: Shitty versions of things. Like, it's like good good things versus shitty versions of things. And how how willing are you to solve something? It's just simple. You know, I, I know this sounds really crazy, but like, you, if you care about something enough, you want to put the work in, and yeah. this, and it's hearing how things are done. Yeah, hearing that these are just regular people in these positions yeah. who make stupid mistakes, like a like a person at Seven Eleven would drop a Slurpee on the ground. Right. Oops. Except that's their profession. Right. When they're solving crimes, murders, convictions, and the system things. is
1: set up so that they don't have any room to say. Oh, it's possible that I just right. made a mistake. Yeah, and it's know?
2: defended by this idea like these are the elite; these mm-hmm. are the elite people that take care of these things. But I think that's starting to become that's starting to be a, a, a more of a blur in in a public sense, mm-hmm. in a, through these documentaries of what really is good work and who are, who are good people. How how do people develop into these people that they are? And how how does this, it's, how do these crimes happen? The circle narrative, oh, man, you gotta see it. You gotta mm-hmm. listen to it. It's I will. it's nuts, and it's something I never even thought about. I'm not gonna give that away, but it's they <laughs> do a really good job of having this idea repeat itself constantly. That mm-hmm. it starts in the first the I don't know, but there's a thing there's a there's a idea that she keeps repeating over and over and over and over, and over again. It's basically how something can kind of get haywire, go haywire if you don't, if you aren't good at your job.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's
2: pretty cool, man. I, I like that angle. Uh, you're right. I, I just had never f- seen it framed like that.
0: Well, yeah, and that's that's a good point too. Like when you talk about even documentary films, is like you use this thing that you think is the actual hook of the movie or the podcast or whatever, but there's really a different message that that thing is allowing the filmmaker or the podcast host to say. And that was what is interesting about like uh, uh, the podcast in the dark or, you know, other films. Like um, if you've ever seen dear Zachary, Mm -hmm. you know, movies that like have this tragic thing or like this mystery or Mm -hmm. whatever, but like there's something else really bigger in terms of a message that they really want to kind of drive home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've kind of, they've earned your ear or your eye to get to that point because of what they've kind of shown you in like either what they've researched or, you know, how interested you are in, in learning more about like that specific story that was affected by what this problem is that they're trying to tell you about, which I mean, that kind of documentary film and like I, I, you know, some of them coming to mind now. Like it just, me personally, like I'm very susceptible, susceptible to like that kind of film. Yeah. You know, there's like that hook that gets me, and but then I'm, I'm in on like what are you trying to say with yeah. that? Like, yeah, yeah. Your movie's not about that. It that's just a piece of the movie. Like what's it really about? Yeah. And that maybe is like that next level documentary thing, or like the ones that I really think about, are, like the movie experience, or like you know. It's more than just like information being thrown at me. Mm -hmm. Like I have a true experience or a true response to it. I felt like that about Tickled. Well, let's let's talk about Tickled. No, I think. (laughs) Look at you with your transitions. Yeah, Yeah. I felt like that about Tickled.
2: I I think I call it a rabbit hole film.
1: Oh, dude.
0: Movies. What a rabbit
2: hole. Movies that kind of start you in one place and then put you in another and then you get Pulled into this world of craziness.
1: My only thought about tickled, if we're going to talk about it as <laughs> a as a rabbit hole, yeah, film, yeah, yeah. is I don't know when it ended. <laughs> I felt like <laughs> it didn't take me far enough down the rabbit hole, or it just couldn't it, it could. couldn't seal the deal on the story it was yeah. hinting at very much. But but ra- but rabbit hole. I was about to say but but rabbit hole <laughs> but rabbit hole rabbit <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> but <laughs> rabbit butthole. Uh, butt um, <laughs> the uh, the thing about um, about tickled that works for me though is that it does without necessarily closing that loop and really connecting it to some greater thing to say, we're really looking at a, a, a phenomenon in culture, or we're looking at something that's happening in society. Mm-hmm. It does like, it comes very close to sort of putting together a coherent story of what, what's really going on with this mysterious individual or this mysterious organization that, you know, has clearly been behind these, the, the, the events of the story. I mean, I, I, I guess we'll assume that people haven't seen the movie, so we don't want to totally ruin right, right. the ins and outs of it. But at the end, I just don't know that I felt like it It completed that statement quite enough. Like I found myself going, this started off interesting, and then it gets kind of creepy, and it gets very scary in a way. And then yeah. I don't know, like the, 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 the climax of that movie for me, looking back, is the is early in the movie. He's gone to investigate it, and then he very quickly finds out that the dudes involved in this competitive tickling who are behind these videos, that they're very secretive and they don't really want to talk about things. Mm. And there's this closing of the the access. It looks like they're about to have access to these people, and then the access seems like it's shut down, and then they manage to get some secretive conversations where someone's basically saying, you don't want to do this, that we're going to ruin you, or they're going to ruin you. I don't feel like the movie ever... Like that to me was still the emotional climax of the movie. The moment where these guys go, Oh shit, this could be deeper than we thought. And yeah. then the next hour of the movie is them laying out the ways it's deeper than they thought, but it's still like it never quite matches that adrenaline I got when I was like, Gosh, what would you do if you were yeah. in this situation and you're having to like secretly film the person and they're what they're saying to you is basically if you want to take these people on, they'll destroy you. And
0: it almost but, sound like Scientology
1: to but me. But it's almost... Right, yes. Right, it's very, very similar to that. But, yeah. like, but it was hard to dramatize.
2: Okay, so I watch a bunch of those like UK, BBC... Tech. So because they don't have quite as many crazy things happening there, they have these <laughs> exposés of things that happen almost every day they have like a, something like this happen. <clears throat> Tickle feels like a primetime UK documentary mm-hmm. that that basically what happens during the course of these like half an hour to hour shows is they have like a thing like the man likes to scratch his own balls and he's obsessed with this and they go deep into it. And then the credits go down and there's no point of it. <laughs> it's just talking, the person talking about the it's just thing information, it's just information. And then it just ends. This felt like something like that. Like it was something that came on like primetime television mm-hmm. that they just took and put out into a theater because I I've watched like I watched a porn series that was like that the darker side of porn that didn't really have like a it was just informational things mm-hmm. it's like the, the the shutdown of the porn industry in like two thousand five two thousand six mm-hmm. that was amazing but it didn't really have like a right it was just a informational thing <laughs> it was like, like an so A or yeah. History Channel show or something yeah, where there's no there's no context there's needed or yeah, or yeah.
1: There's no commentary needed. It's just here's the facts.
2: Yeah, and that felt more like that than I think. There's a thing that they have about like things ending sadly, things mm-hmm. ending poorly, and not really caring. I don't know what that is. Like that whole like it just yeah. ends like that. Right. And, but that felt like it. There was something about this that felt very much like some of those documentaries that i had seen. I saw one about this lady smoking crack. It was like no beginning, middle, and end. It was just like, <laughs> I smoked crack. There were a couple scenes. She tried to go to rehab once. She didn't go. And, <laughs> credits. It's like, uh, all right. And Tickled felt like that.
1: But still, as far
0: as that sickening feeling you get, oh, I got a sickening yeah. feeling. Yeah. Well, how, how did you like tickled, Steve? I think I liked it a little more than you guys. I mean, I, I, def- I didn't dislike I, it. I, I definitely don't. I agree with you. Like, it doesn't have that, like that, that like whatever. The like the other shoe never yeah. drops, or whatever. yeah, whatever yeah. the cliche is. But like, it doesn't. It doesn't close it out as strong as some other docs have. But um. I just think that like the way it escalated, <laughs> it I, escal- I, I was like really into like seeing how far and ballsy these guys were. Like when and, they were when they were kind of like
1: staking out the place. Yeah. Again, that part I was going. Oh, this is getting good. Yeah. It never yeah. quite.
0: It know, never eclipses that. You're right. Yeah. Like it's just it's more of like the this through line of like. There was a moment, like and I know we're not gonna spoil it. Like there was a moment where I thought I had it figured out, and like then, I, then I, then it's like, oh, you're you're sort of right, <laughs> yeah. you right. know, you're sort of right. It's not as bad as you, or it's not as like, wow, as you <clears throat> thought it was. Yeah. But there's still something bad happ- You know, there's there's something bad happening here. So it doesn't have that like big delivery, that punch at the end. But I just found it super in- engaging and like it, it definitely creeped me out. And like <laughs> mm-hmm. just how. Um, like, how, how closed off everything was. Like, every door they knocked on. Yeah. You know, with the exception of the handful of people that agreed to, s- to actually speak with them. Like, these these guys that had done it in the past. Um, it, that shit's just creepy to me. Yeah. Like, What'd you
2: think about the emails? insane i thought the emails were so funny and, and so fucked up and man. so
1: infuriating from the start yeah, yeah. oh yeah, my you're god you're just like how
2: is this happening in real life like how is somebody typing these messages to another human being mm-hmm. and sending it with in, in clear conscious like not thinking twice about
1: yeah and like representing this group that is trying <laughs> yes. to like mind its p's and q's A and company. you're doing this like threatening this kind of campaign of uh of, calling
2: you yeah. every sort of homophobic slur yeah. you could possibly ever call someone
0: yeah, like the ones to so the guy that like the, the casting director, like they were talking about his brother who had passed away. Like just yeah. horrible
2: things. Who does that?
0: But it's crazy, like you know, like. But the... doesn't that remind you
1: of internet discourse? The way that it gets yeah. so ugly yeah. so fast, and it's absolutely, like, and you would have like thought the comment
2: section of YouTube. Yeah,
1: like you yeah. would have thought that there was some shred of human decency that would prevent someone from jumping all over a person in a certain way and saying a certain thing, and then you realize, no, you're being you're being hopeful, you
2: know. Yeah. Then you see the source of you see the source of all of the craziness, you're like, ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: But there's like I think the like the thing, the takeaway, even though it doesn't have that moment, is just the idea like of how easy it is for this stuff to happen. Yeah. yeah. And like literally when they're talking to the lawyer at the end and the lawyer has no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that's just like a that's not the big moment that we wanted, but it's also like the Wow, like this circle is a lot smaller than we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Like, there, yeah. there's literally not, it's not as big as we thought it was, like in terms of where it's coming from, mm-hmm. but as far as it reaches, that's, it, that's big. It yeah. yeah. really is how much money affects things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yes. it,
1: like having a slush fund to throw at something like this, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <Yes>. you know, <laughs> yes. it means you get to do, and all you have to do is make a little
0: bit of money. And then you can act like you have a lot. Yeah. Yes. And intimidate and bully and blackmail and And
2: seeing the reactions of the the documentarians as the information is coming in is priceless man it there's no substitute for that sort of shock. like it it, you can tell that it's either
1: well acted or it's just genuine well it's a combination of i'm a human being going through this crazy (laughs) experience And this is crazy. And I'm a documentarian who's trying to make a documentary. And our documentary just got this much better because (laughs) this just got that much deeper. But I'm also a person who's got a personal life. And I'm trying to decide how much of my personal life I want to sacrifice to this thing.
2: It was disturbing, man. What's crazy about it
1: is it was disturbing. Nobody died in it.
2: But it was... You know what I mean? Like Normally, documentaries that I've seen that kind of tackle elusive characters yeah. normally has to do with like murderers has got or yeah something. there's a
1: there's a definite true crime threat yeah
2: but there's something about a person that is so elusive in in plain sight sometimes like in a way mm-hmm. that's like very if you if you if you stay around for long enough and connect the dots you can figure some of it out and then it gets the mm-hmm. doors closing like you were saying as soon as you find out boom
1: well, as you're finding it out, you're, I mean, it's easy to forget when you're watching a documentary that these people are running up with cameras and sound equipment and stuff. There's no way to to hide yeah. if you're doing what yes. they're doing. So you have to kind of catch that snapshot of what you catch when you when you turn over the rock. You, you're hoping to catch something right then, yeah. Because a few seconds later, anything that was under that rock is scurried off to some other yeah. rock, you know.
2: And you could tell that the people, the you could tell that the people involved only knew enough information, yeah to function in the job that they were doing.
1: Yeah. That's
2: nuts. Even the lawyers. I feel like the lawyers just knew enough. They just knew enough. That's yeah, something.
1: Speaking of the Scientology thing, that There's kind some... of felt that way too, that like you're wondering how anybody could yeah. be behind all this, and you realize that maybe only a few people involved are actually behind yeah. all this. Everyone else is behind some aspect of this. Or right. They're protecting some aspect of this, but Definitely. they're not... The, like, their little piece of the story is right. some very small piece. They,
2: they know just enough the function and the role that they're doing. You know, you're protecting someone's intellectual property. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. You know vaguely what it's about. That's it. They do that job. It's crazy that you can lead. You can basically almost try to build this empire. I, I did like it. I yeah. was shitting it. No, it was a very it.
1: entertaining movie.
2: I just had to iron out the things that I had an issue with. And one of them was the idea that like if you watch these like UK short documentaries that they have, they're very similar to this where things go unresolved mm-hmm. in a lot of them. So
1: Steve, what about you? Any other documentaries that you've you've seen? Recently? I watched the
0: Amanda Knox documentary oh, how was on that? Netflix. It was really good. It was um good. I think one of the one of the I don't wanna say rare, but like I definitely had an opinion going into this movie, and coming out of it, I think I may have changed my opinion. The filmmakers, obviously, like, they have a story, they have a narrative, you were talking about making a murder, like, they're definitely saying something, even though they're presenting it from both sides, like, all the marketing for it, it's kind of been like, did she or didn't she? Who do you believe? Guilty or innocent? (laughs) But, I mean, it's, it's interesting, like, it really kind of paints a picture of, like, the media, and, uh... And again, police work and oh, vanity boy. and pride and mm-hmm. all these themes that come into play that really have nothing to do with her <laughs> or the or the 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 victim or the, um you know, the people that are being investigated for the crime or that were charged or that were found guilty, then found innocent, then found guilty, then found innocent. Really? You know, it, it's really interesting, like how they how, again, they frame it about the, you know, the evidence of that case, the police work the prosecution mm. and the journalism mm. like how massive the Amanda Knox murder trial was and like how all the tabloids and all every news outlet and everybody was in that town covering it and you know trying to get the scoop and trying to get the angle and it and it like i never really had the perspective on how big it was even though like i remember it but um it really gives me perspective on like how much it overshadowed Like, what actually happened? Mm. You know, like, and in learning new information, like, I didn't know, like, about how long she'd actually known her roommate or how long she'd actually been dating the guy that she was with that was charged with her. And it it just really made me, I don't know, like I think it kind of shifted the way I view that Mm. case. I mean... Well, it made me think just from what I heard
1: about the movie, having not seen it, but but hearing a, a little commentary on it, that choosing to be about the sort of the phenomenon and the kind of like as opposed to being a procedural, it's not about right. the crime, right? You know, this is not making a murderer, right? But shifted to Amanda Knox, this sure. is much more about that specific kind of popery of the media attention and the kind of uh, uh, the rush to judgment and the sort of story, the narrative that comes out that then is hard to scrub off of a person. That like right. you know the facts that. And and just from I mean again it sounds it was always sort of a dodgy case but I never knew how much until I heard the facts laid right. out and it sounds like the documentary does some of that so it way, does laying out the ways in which this was a, this was just a crazy uh, like a, being caught up in this it sounds like a, a neat thing to approach it from the perspective of let's look at the idea of being a human being caught up in this in this. Crazy thing that happened, as opposed to let's try to discern, let's lay out every fact known in this forensic file, right? Yeah, no, Um, it it
0: does not approach it that way. Like, and it also another angle that I I kind of thought was unique was that like it was even approaching it from like a country perspective, mm -hmm. you know, like like the country, like um, like not ethics, but like the country, uh, like the way of life, the culture, like mm -hmm. how important it was to solve the case. Oh. You know, and to find a killer because, like, this kind of thing existing at all in that country was so bad and not as common and not prevalent and should not be in the media for a long time. And, like, wanting to convict somebody, you know, yeah. like, that kind of, like, thing. And, I mean, like, the talking about those podcasts, like, Serial kind of has a little bit of that, like, we need to clear this case, yeah. you know, that kind of idea. And then when you mix that kind of thing with, like, uh, pressure coming from the state and the government and everything... It's just—it's interesting. I mean, and like I said, the filmmaker definitely has an opinion on it, and mm-hmm. it comes through in the in the in the doc. And the access that they got is actually really wild. Like, like interviews with her and with the the, the guy that she was with—I can't remember his name, Raphael—I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the lead investigator, one of the like most headline journalists that was covering it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like they're all in the movie. You know, they're all like very vain people to me a little bit like <laughs> honestly maybe not Amanda as much just cause like I don't know maybe she wanted to just be involved cause she knew where this filmmaker was coming from but like the prosecutor or the investigator and the journalist like it's kinda weird to hear them talk when are like are you aware of what you're, you're sounding like in this documentary right. or like was that not provided to you And <laughs> when they were interviewing you cause you know the two, the two guys that I'm referencing they kinda come off a very certain way and uh <laughs> dickish. I don't want to say dickish, but just like <laughs> like they don't care as much about the truth
1: exactly. as they, oh. they do like their own career, their own role in it. Exactly. Like Jesus. Yeah. Precisely. Because I did hear literally something about-
0: one of the quotes of the journalist, the gentleman, he's with a UK paper. I forget what it was. You know, the interviewer is basically asking him, like, you know, they're talking about scoops and like all these things that they reported about her about having HIV and having. You know, their her diary being leaked and all of her sexual partners being leaked to the press and all this stuff once they said she had HIV, which she didn't. Yeah. You know, and they they asked a question about <laughs> like, just made up you this, know, like you know, like what's the what's the process for like vetting that or like confirming that or like releasing facts. And literally his response was like, I don't I I I can't spend time confirming this story while the guy behind me has already scooped it Mm. and he's like i want the byline or i want the headline i want my name in the byline you know if i go about and do that the guy behind me's got the story yeah it was
1: it's just really weird i think i heard a similar quote being referenced and that's very it's,
0: it's it's really it's a really good documentary um again it's a netflix one that's on netflix now so the 13th and and uh amanda knox are both on netflix um, but yeah if you if you're into like any of the true crime stuff like any of the things that we've talked about like serial mm-hmm. making a murder jinx any of that kind of stuff you know uh, these murder trials media police work whatever um, definitely recommend it it's it's really it's really a good doc and uh, like I said there's there's a lot of information in it that I don't think a lot of people know like mm-hmm. I admittedly I didn't know and I think it's kind of changed my opinion on the whole thing a little bit not that my opinion matters but well but it's a story that you did get stuff. in like little yeah.
1: little broad exactly. strokes you would hear a little bit about it and you kind of knew the the bigger things but yeah a lot of times with something like that there's a lot of room to, for, to take something that was like kind of iconic in your mind and that's another thing that good documentaries can do very well is take something that you sort of understood but didn't quite grasp mm. and say well here's what was really going on there yeah. like I think about Enron that's the smartest yeah. guys in the room that was one where like I had heard the news coverage, I knew how it affected our culture, I knew what was going on kind of vaguely with our economy, but I did not know the human story of what people actually did until I saw that, until I saw that movie. And speaking of a human story where you kind of think about what a person did, um, I know, I think you guys both saw Wiener. Right. Yes, the Anthony Weiner documentary. So that good. one I wanted to mention in the context of this conversation, mostly because I think that's a great example of of when you want to talk about access, mm. having access to a subject while things crazy, like, while crazy stuff is going on, while it's happening. Yeah. Someone who has had crazy stuff happen in his life and maybe mm. should know better than to grant this kind of access. Someone who's having stuff break while while the the access is being granted, and that when you're watching the movie, you're doing it in the shadow of more stories breaking about him that make him look worse and in fact the dissolution of his marriage which in the movie is one of the few sort of redeeming qualities that the guy has um is that this woman has decided to stick by him but i i i I don't know what did you guys think of wiener and what did you think about that particular aspect of like what did he think he was doing What, what did he think he was granting them access to film what movie did anthony wiener think
0: was being made you know? Wow! Yeah, I I mean I, I was just talking about this with somebody at work today, and I, literally that was like the takeaway was like, wh- yeah, that I don't even know, like the, ha- what expectation did he have? Right. Like is el- it pure narcissism? Absolutely, healers? I I think it is. I think, so. I think it is. Like, do you you literally think it's not you're going to cover? You know, you, it's not going to happen again to you, or like you want that you want the sights to be on you and you're confident enough that you're not going to fuck up again. Mm -hmm. You know, or somebody's not going to slip out. You've controlled this situation so well. There was a little bit of that with Robert Durst in The Jinx where you just thought like this guy is
1: not thinking about how anything can touch him or can come back to haunt him. But with Wiener it was much more on the surface. Like he's talking about the very thing that's going to undo him and he almost seems nervous when he's on camera as though he knows. Oh, totally. it, It must be a
2: It's a weird battle seeing how he deals with that stuff like i i i mean I, he was so charismatic that it bothered oh, the, the fuck out of me well i mean it is
1: interesting it, it, that it, it, that you the movie does a great job of depicting that dichotomy yeah but here's a guy who clearly seems like he could have really maybe been something special for yes. his constituents and done something amazing with his ability to get in there and charm and his clear ability to like enjoy the charge of relating to people and of course we know already that these guys are narcissistic anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to be in public office has something what's the old line I don't know exactly who originated it but the idea being that one of the biggest things that should disqualify you from being able to serve in public office is that you want to do it that like a person who wants to already (laughs) has something broken inside them you know that and there is definitely that. Like this guy feels like he's the billboard for that. He's the billboard for. There's something magnetic and charismatic and like really proactive and effective about this guy. And yet, and <laughs> yeah, yet.
2: it's the same thing. The same thing that makes him that proactive person is the same thing that his is his undoing. Mm-hmm. It's 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 he he's he's a very in the especially in the world of politicians, a handsome dude in his world. Mm-hmm. So that makes him especially amazing. He's charismatic. He's handsome to everybody. Yep. He shakes hands. He kisses babies, but he <laughs> he has this dark side to him that's, that keeps coming out over and over and over again, almost comically so. It's,
0: yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. And then, and then how it, how quickly it happens.
2: Yeah, and his reaction to it and. His wife's reaction to it and how it keeps happening over and over and pieces of it and and seeing how someone's trying to support him. Oh, trying that was to so be, painful. It was painful, man. The one when she's like he's he's like in a it's like a small space. Like the cubicle. Yeah, and she's like looking at yeah. him from the from from an angle. she's yeah. like so disappointed. Well, she looks was like,
1: like she's looking at him and thinking <laughs> like she could, like if there were beams coming can, out of her eyes, when how can I get out of this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, because what have I what have I like? Why is this backed? camera on yeah. me right now too? And yet it's capturing something. Like she, her, I mean, really. But she became such a compelling figure from from that. That when it turned out that she did leave him yeah. after that next round of allegations, uh, or or not allegations, but him being caught, um, you know, sexting. Like it, 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 you felt good to know that she had cut loose from him now recently there's been allegations about there's some underage business going on and that always really yeah someone that was i didn't mean to say like he knowingly texted somebody who was like 15 or something but prior to that yeah what he did was something that i find i've i mean i'm i'm not i'm admittedly not a very a very prudish person at all but i didn't i didn't like the idea of a guy's public life being ruined because he sent some dick pics now i'm yeah. i'm not saying that there's not the a, that there's like there's a sexually abusive aspect of that if he's sending them unwanted to women who who don't want his advances then that can be very unsettling and it can speak to like a power dynamic i don't know the specifics of all that i'm just saying the his vice if we look at the narcissism we were just talking about yeah. it really seems like there was a certain amount of playing like he liked playing outside the rules just a little bit and doing something that clearly he was smart enough to know was like, this is a dumb thing to do and it could get you caught. But he was doing it anyway. There's something about that kind of like human weakness (laughs) where (laughs) no one seems to be getting hurt. Yeah, That's what I'm getting. Not to say that you should have a wife and do that, but I'm just saying it's um... like there are worse sex scandals than that. Yes. So what is it that makes him such a kind of revolting figure overall? Is it just the fact that he can't help himself and the fact that he should know better? And the fact that even when the light is on him,
0: he can't control it. Do you know what I mean? I like, think wh- it's probably all, I, I would probably say all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with everything you said about like ruining his social mm-hmm. image or anything like that. And it's funny that in the film, there's a lot of his like constituents that are like campaigning for him. There's a woman specifically who's like, I don't care about that. Like, yeah. I believe in what he's trying to do for my city and whatever. Like, so he obviously had people following that, kind of sided with that idea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just think it's like that thing, like, I know you're a person, I know you're a human, yeah. but you've subjected yourself to, like, being a public figure. You know, you have to know, like, God damn yeah. it! if you're going to be an idiot,
1: yeah. make
0: sure you fucking cover it up. Yeah. You know, I'm, to be an asshole about no, it, but, like, saying. you have to. I know what you're saying. Like, if you're going to make a mistake, make sure you make that fucking mistake and, and wipe it with bleach. Yeah. I mean, which again, like, are. are President Trump uh who we may have right now <laughs> I
1: think a lot of what what, think... what 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 reasonable people find offputting about him is that he doesn't do any of that cleaning up after himself he doesn't nah. seem to care about the, right. the, the 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 trail of bodies and it's it doesn't so much make you think well no one in politics has ever been that way right. but it makes you nervous around someone who doesn't seem to understand that and again this is something i feel like i bring up a lot but i and i don't mean to sound superficial but that the optics of the situation oh god they do count absolutely i'm not willing to say it's the most important thing but it is a huge factor especially if you've got a message you're trying to get across because if you've got a message you're trying to get across and you're connected to causes and you're connected to people who are writing you know their hopes are writing on you and then you do this other thing that screws everything that you've touched up like you, now, you know what I mean? Everything he's touched Absolutely. has turned to shit now. Yeah. And I think that is... Then it's then it's like you should never have been this type of person with these type of weaknesses and attached yourself to these legitimate causes, causes. and these legitimate things because you've dishonored themselves. as You've dishonored everything you stand for.
2: I think this... So did either one of your significant others see Wiener?
0: Yeah, Aaron I mean, watched it with me. How did
2: Aaron feel about Wiener? The same way I did. Yeah, like so. After so, my girlfriend watched it, and she still liked him as a
0: person. But you know, obviously sleazy, shitty. But there's something you, you just look at it. And, I mean, you're endearing just, you're about just like... Him. Well, yeah, like what John was saying. Like he, and well, both of you were saying. Like he genuinely seemed like somebody that yeah, super charismatic. Doesn't seem like a bad person. I think he you know? cared about the issue, and I think so too. But like, he's you know not <laughs> perfect, and obviously not. Very smart, like, in terms of, I don't know. And he's
2: also, like, a weird point where, it's like, weird, he's, he's at, he, it felt like a crisis almost. Like, he also, he almost needed to be reassured that he is an attractive person mm-hmm. constantly. He loved when he was in a public space woman was like you are so handsome thank mm-hmm. you so much
1: for oh yeah he that. just lit up he yeah. loved that yeah. shit he, he he ate it well obviously that's uh, involved in what's going on but yeah it's like, even yeah. him going out on his bike and stuff yeah. and talking with folks it's like that's just him feeling the need for some kind of human connection yeah, just look and that at me talk to me
0: yeah.
2: yeah but the that scene with the girl <laughs> when she came to the event
0: oof Oh, man that was rough god man the access the, the access was j- just like that yeah the like you, awkward you, moments captured you, in that yeah, yeah. Yeah. you mentioned the term optics earlier i don't think there's ever been like a political doc <laughs> mm-hmm. that had that much access no. to how important optics are like even listening to his campaign team talk yeah. in their meetings and like yeah. how much uh how much like kind of frustration and like even like arguments were happening yeah, among yeah. them yeah you know mm-hmm. what's it look like when your manager's not your campaign manager's not present for an interview, or like your wife doesn't want to walk out with you? Pretty compelling. Wild. Yeah, I thought it was a great doc. It's one of my favorites this year. Yeah. If not my favorite documentary. Yeah. yeah it's great.
1: Yeah, it was. It was good. <sighs> well, I got nothing else in the doc tank. Nah, I think. I think that's doc it. Doc tank is empty. Yeah.
0: More docs to come, sure. Yes. Yeah. A bunch
1: coming out in the next couple of weeks. We'll be sitting on the dock of the bay. Oh, uh, Look <laughs> at <laughs> you. <laughs> Ah. I was trying to think what's a good name for this episode. <laughs> Documentary doc, doc and dockin it dock time. Doc. duck duck
0: duck 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 duck. I don't know what to think about that. I don't know. I'm sure we'll come up with something. We'll
2: come up with something cool. Yeah.
0: Well, while you're waiting for us to come up with something, you can hit up iTunes, uh Google Play. Uh, SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anything that podcasts are on, we're probably there. Movieshmovie dot com, uh, Facebook dot com slash movieshmovie. Secret, they're both the same site. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and let us know what you think of the podcast. Again, if you have ideas, anything you want to hear in the next couple episodes or around the holidays, we'll take suggestions. We have some things planned, but we're always open minded. If you would like for us to send you any uh, dick pics, uh, yeah, as long as it's solicited. Yeah, yeah, right, it's right. got to be. Um, requested
1: our social media director will send over a contract we can actually (laughs) work all this out to make sure that it's okay we'll do it but you should see some of these dick pics we've been taking they're fantastic they're (laughs) good (laughs) they're
2: good especially with our
1: our fairly recent phones (laughs) right pretty good
0: yeah, like down here there's like stone wall, there's mm-hmm. paneling. Absolutely. There's all kinds of nice texture backgrounds. That we got. Going I mean, it's on. actually
1: a shame. I've got so many, I mean, I'm looking at these pictures and I'm thinking like it's a shame that you can't just send these out to people, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird, right? you got to be careful
0: now. Just a random number. This 8 megadixels.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> uh but yeah guys, thanks so much for listening and uh on the dick note, yeah. you've always made as always you've made our day. <laughs> Let me do that again. Yeah, guys. So on the dick note, (laughs) you wait. Let me one more time. One more time. (laughs) So yeah, guys. On that dick note, as always, you've made our day. Bye. I kept saying, "You've (laughs) You've always, always, you've always made our day. You've always made our day." That dick (laughs) note is always made.